Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Bit Effect, which is Detroit Become Human Part 2. So listen to Part 1 unless you don't care, and then turn it off. I don't think that's the best way to build an audience. Probably not, but I mean, we'd say it nearly every week now is, like, to probably don't listen yeah. to us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's better to be honest than mm -hmm. famous, I say. So, Craig, yeah. hit the music. And it's probably going to sound like... So, yes, this is Detroit Become Human Part 2. Still an awkward title to say. And if you haven't listened to Part 1, this is where we're going to open the spoiler gates and kind of just talk about the story without holding anything back. So, if that's important to you, you may not want to listen to it. Otherwise, Welcome to Robotic Park. Uh, with me today is Craig. That was amazing. I don't even know what that was supposed to be a dinosaur. It just, it's just failed. That was, that was the worst dinosaur I've ever heard. It sounded more like a pirate who's dying. Um, Mike, give us your best dinosaur. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh dinosaurs is actually a really good segue for this because dinosaurs would have made it more interesting but there aren't any dinosaurs so well how do we just should we just go right Let's into it and be like chapter, yeah, one. chapter one yeah right. i think hmm. what other way to do it right okay so to to go through this we're gonna go chapter by chapter vaguely recall who the main character or protagonist was in that chapter and what it was roughly about and, and maybe what choices yeah, we made i mean you know. and there's going to be there's going to be times where we describe a chapter which we earlier precluded because someone died or something so we'll go through the bulk of them oh wait mm -hmm. did anybody have any deaths this run all mine made it until you know like the uh, the denouement i got hmm. every right okay so the tro the cha the trophy for that is survivors get all the main characters to survive. I couldn't get Luther over the border at the end because he kept on he dying in the river. He counts as a main character. He does, and he kept oh. on dying in the river. Ooh. So then I took the bus tickets like a complete scumbag bastard. Took the bus tickets off a family with their young baby, and he survived. And I still didn't get the trophy. And what it turns out is Me Simon too. is a main character. So, I thought so. I, I was going to say, is Jericho included? Simon. Um, so my Simon, I repeatedly on the top of the Stanford Tower or the Stratford Tower, if it is, I shoot him in the head because I think I don't want to leave you to the humans. So it turns out that me shooting a main character in the head means that the main character doesn't survive. Turns out that is what happens when you shoot someone in the head. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you don't shoot him in the head, he manages to hide. He comes back. Yeah, I was gonna say I yeah, I, I let him you know, uh, I think he had his gun mm -hmm. or I gave him a gun at that point. Yeah, I was you like, gave Well him a Tally ho, old boy. Yeah. And then I so, jumped. Um and then yeah, so I had them all survive in there. I don't know if Luther can ever make it across the river. Yeah. Does he make it? Oh oh the river. Yeah. Ah, the border. I, I, uh, border. Yeah, so if you give up your bus tickets, this is we're talking about the last you know, few chapters here. <laughs> so we'd start at the beginning. 
This is like a film. Yeah, where let's we... start from the beginning. Let's let's go from the beginning. We then have... we can pick pick this we've up. We've actually done this like a film. We've shown a glimpse at the end, and now we're going to take it back to this. <laughs> the story all began in 2032. Uh, uh, in the chapter hostage which is your opening chapter and it's Connor's chapter he comes off the lift as an android that's been sent by the company Cyberlife Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne is Terminator isn't it? Yeah Cyberlife. I was going to say, not Cyberdyne <laughs> Yep mm. uh, and he has the negotiating android for a situation in which another android has kidnapped and is about to throw a young girl off the roof it's a very, very impactful opening scene, I think, because it sets out what kind of person Connor could be, the gameplay for the story. You've got all your kind of quick time event um, tutorials, or most of them in there. And did I think you know you did you feed the fish? If it, you save the fish. You save the fish from the ground. It's flapping about, and you can save it or not save it. And it's the first... I accidentally didn't save it, so I immediately reloaded. So the first decision <laughs> you ever make... It's like, shit. Because I was mashing X, thinking I could skip things happening, but you can't. No. Um, um, th- yeah, this is very much the marquee chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of surprised they stuck this right up front and didn't have it as, like, a flashback. Mm-hmm. Because this very much, for me, set a precedence that the game didn't necessarily follow through with. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I mean... I guess it's differing opinions. At one point, it's start, start with your strongest foot or save your strongest foot for when maybe your story is lulling a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I, I this is more, it's into traditional film territory for me where you get that big action scene to start with and then it winds everything back. But it never ever builds back up to being a hostage negotiator, which is a shame. I think they should have brought it back. You know, like middle of the story, you have to negotiate your way out of a paper bag with Hank or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, you know, talk Hank down from blowing his brains out. Or yeah, something. Sorry, Mr. Yeah, Krabs. Something. Um, really, really strong opening. Great chapter. Um, my Connor sacrificed himself for the girl and job done. You selfish man. No, selfless. Selfless. No, selfish. You you ridded the world of Connor. I you was going for man. the I was going for the Connor dies every time he can die trophy. <laughs> Uh, no, I I, yeah, my... I saved the girl. Mm-hmm. Connor didn't die. Good man, good man. I uh, I I saved the girl. Uh, Simon got shot to hell by snipers, and uh, yeah, I took the gun. But I also I also told him the truth that I had mm-hmm. a gun. I don't know why I did that, but hey, Simon knew. Yeah. Simon didn't say anything once he was dead. So it's funny. <laughs> Some he? of the choices it gives you, the game actually, it makes you second guess yourself. Like, you would just lie about it. Obviously, you would lie about it. But why is it giving me the option to tell the truth? Is that going to be better <laughs> if I just tell the truth? It's it's funny like that. It's like yeah, yeah I mean, some, some of them, yeah, you're like, well, in this situation, I would do this. But I don't know how the game's going to play it. Whereas mm-hmm. you can sort of read other people. Yeah. But you can't with the game because you're like, I don't know what David Cage wants. <laughs> I I think it I think it works okay. To be honest, I didn't really have any problem with it. I think I, 
there's probably two two choices throughout the entire game where I thought, oh, that's not not where I wanted it to yeah. go. Oddly enough, I I don't. Sometimes I think there wasn't enough choice. I think that would be more my problem. Like mm. with my, Marcus's first chapter, which we'll get to. But remind me in case I forget to bring that up. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, that, that? that takes us on to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's the opening next is Marcus's cut scenes. Uh, sorry, not cut scenes. The opening credits and also closing credits are on point, I would say. The same with Detroit. Open and closing credits are fantastic, and this is no different. Whoever did the credits is amazing. Craig, you just compared this game's credits to Detroit. Oh, fuck. Uh, heavy rain. <laughs> okay. Heavy rain. Right, that was <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so next we have Kara's first chapter. The oh, opening. Oh, it's Marcus. Oh, I thought it was Marcus's chapter, nope. Shades of Colour. Nope. Ah. So, uh, you're up there, buddy boy. Okay, okay, sure. So, so Kara is in first-person mode when we first meet her, in which case she is in a cyberlife repair shop mm. or sales mm-hmm. shop um, where a customer comes up to to buy you back potentially after some sort of repairs um and yeah you are taken by one fella who i cannot remember the name of but remember meeting him at a bus stop at some point (laughs) (laughs) very important yeah and 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 yeah yeah it looks like she's she's one of the cheaper models she's not as expensive as the ones surrounding her which are getting a lot of looks from other people the person who comes to buy yours by by you actually looks a bit funny and um schlubby that's pretty mm-hmm. much it for the first section isn't it now yeah. now here's the question how fast did you guys mm. grok on to what Kara's beginning story was going to be because like as soon as I got to the house I'm like oh yeah I got it I thought it was terrible acting to be honest I was I I knew something was wrong but I thought it was we can't all have the best best actors and actresses in the game. <laughs> and I thought, there's not enough lines here. Everything's a bit stilted, perhaps a little bit robotic. Ooh. Which, you know, and in some I ways know, might be appropriate. I didn't know the joke would be on me. Mm. I didn't know the joke would be on me at that point. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, the, the, for me, it was very much a Zelda chic thing. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I got it. Now, so, I'm sorry, sorry to break this back, but... Is this is this scene also the one where she goes back to the house, or does it switch to Marcus before she goes back to the house? I thought I thought it involves you coming to the house, but then it cuts. I thought you get to the house, like you see the house, and the front door opens, and then it cuts. But my memory is mm. untrustworthy. No, that that is mm. entirely correct. I'm sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, uh, next, we have Robot Jesus. Now, he was born in Bethlehem. Uh, A couple of thousand years later, he's now a robot. Um, Nothing really interesting happened in between. So with with Marcus, it's very much the affluent rich artist has a fuckboy kind of situation. It doesn't. It did seem like that. It didn't didn't ever say it, but by golly, that's what I read off of it. Um, I totally. Like, the fact that he says... You're a son to me, Marcus. 
uh, well, that made the the relationship a little creepier for me. But um, I thought he said bear a son to me, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus, of course, dead eyed went, "Okay, I will." <laughs> and, um, that, and that's how fucking Bainedy Domain starts. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, so. Lance Henriksen is an artist that has fallen on hard times, didn't really have a lot of motivation left to live, and then he got the man from Grey's Anatomy and went, by golly, here's a man that can bear me a son. So he, you know, got a little more uh, excited to live, and it turns out that they've developed quite a close relationship. Uh, I could tell Mm. that the relationship they were shooting for was the father-son thing, but Mm. it very much was the Europe blow-up sex style that also gives me my pills in the morning. So it was a little (laughs) little weird. Um, Not not much actually happens in this chapter. This is kind of the, you know, help him get out of bed, get into his wheelchair. Don't you actually start off by going to the shops yeah. to get do you start by going to the shops yeah you start thought, at the shops I thought, yeah. are you sure you don't wake him up and then go to the shop no you start at the shops you come oh, home oh I'm sorry that's my bad out, and then you wake him up so so ignore all the fuck boy talk until later uh, this chapter is the we, cha- we build up to that slowly. <laughs> uh, this chapter is very much Lance Henriksen has sent his fuckboy to go to the store to pick up paints <laughs> probably edible paints now that I think about it <laughs> Bloody paint. not much actually happens in this it's it's more of a this is the first time you're an android out in the world dealing with normal people so you know yeah. you have this preacher that's you know saying you're the antichrist and mm-hmm. you have people that are you can get generally kick, are, you can get kicked in if you go past the wrong crowd. I did not yeah. get kicked in. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. I just picked up the paint oh. and then waited by the bus. And then you have to get um, on the Android bit of the bus. No, mm-hmm. It's just story. Not, it's story mm-hmm. setting. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's this is very good. much just. And this is what it's like when you're outside of a um, mm-hmm. personal setting. You know, this is the although it does, it does also show Marcus's sort of freedom, doesn't it? Because this is the bit where I thought. I've got an open world straight away, and it wasn't the case. No, but, no, this but, is very much, yeah. here's an alley. Uh, you can walk around in it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there are some things you can you can read, like billboards and stuff, to give you a little bit more of the world setting. But this is very much just, hey, here's here's your third protagonist. Yeah. Although, I, oddly, not the third main character. Yeah. Just just a slight aside on that very note. Because you've been, you're an android and you've been programmed with specific instructions... The thing that I forgot to mention last episode was obviously when you become a deviant, you can then break those instructions and the visual of tearing down the wall of, you know, like breaking your instruction, I think I find very interesting and cool looking. You know, like if there's an alley that you're not supposed to go up, there's a digital red barrier across it. But if you want to become a deviant... Yeah, it's a really cool visualization of programming. Yes, yes, exactly. Sorry, I'll, but... I'll give them that. That, that is, especially with, uh, with 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 Kara, where you have to repeatedly yeah. mash up against it. That that's a it's a pretty good visualization of it. I'll mm-hmm. give them that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Cut. Carry on. Carry on. All right. So now that we have our paint, we are on our way back to our old friend. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Uh, that's when we all we <laughs> flip back to to Kara in a new home. Yeah. Yeah. So so Kara comes into the. The, the house that she's at this is this is the, the sort of like the rump end of the uh, the android spectrum where you basically have to go around the house and do the dirty work but at that time you meet you meet Alice 
who is the daughter of the homeowner. And you kind of you kind of have a few sort of stilted interactions with her. She rarely ever speaks, and you get a feeling that there's unease in the house, and that it's all a bit, all a bit shaky. He just wants course, to watch the game, Mike. He just wants to watch the game. Oh, of course he does. Of course he does. And it, and it was nice to know that even androids get to use like automated cleaners on the floor and things. Because I thought this is not a house that can afford one of those. I can't afford one of those things. My house looks nicer than that. <laughs> I was really hoping her mouth would reshape into the bottom of a Hoover and then she would just stand on our hands and, and go across the floor. But sadly, no. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. But but of course, he, he gets a little irritated when you find his red ice hidden in his laundry. So, uh, yeah, from, from that point, it cuts over. But before that, I mean, you have a quick look around the house. Generally... It's a, it's a it's a bit of a rough looking area, but the same. Point you can thinking, say well, it's is, a dive. Is... It's a slum. I mean, yeah. it's it's what it is. It's it's a rundown house. But it's it's all a bit stereotypical. It's like buying the cheapest Android. Or, although I still don't know why he's got the cool little automatic Hoover thing in the, in his house. That that's the bit that threw me off. Out of all these things, it's the automatic mm-hmm. Hoover that threw me off. I well, I, I, have a, I have a dumb question, uh, and this is kind of within the world of this. If you have an Android that can do anything you say, mm-hmm. within reason, of course, um, mm-hmm. why isn't the house painted better? An Android can do yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. You could have them doing some sort of construction work in the house, couldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I they're like the, in, in a world where you can afford an Android, there's no reason why your house should look like that. And what is he thinking spending all his money on androids when he's obviously not... He doesn't seem pleased with them, but at the same point, he's he's, he's spending a lot of money on it. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And he's saying he's not got a job. How can he... The, the, they must have some sort of power supply he needs to replenish and all sorts. I don't know. No, well, no, no. From, There's something... From, oh, right, are you talking about why he's rebought her? Well, I know... Well, we, we figure that out in the... Actually, we do find that out by... Is it this chapter where you also get access to the little cabinet in Alice's room? I think that's the next one. Yeah, I, th- I think ah, it is the next one. Okay. So we do find out in the next yeah. next. Well, no, like, like when he's buying, is. when he's rebuying Kara, he says something about, you know, the last mm. one was really flimsy, it broke. No, no, it's, it, I think it's not like rebuying, it's more like maintenance because he says she got oh. hit by a car. Oh, okay. So, I took that as uh, he may have smacked her around a little too hard, broke, and he's rebuying another one. No, no, no. Um, it, it was in for getting fixed. Same oh, kind of. okay. I didn't know it was oh, the God, same. I said, I said it. Although that, it that, that begs the question. <gasps> Why is she stood next to all the other ones which are for sale then? Yeah. When she's actually being repaired, wouldn't she be hidden in a oh, warehouse bit in the back? Storytelling. And, and here, well, well, it, it leads to if if it's the same one that gets repaired, then that explains mm. the condescending attitude she has. If mm. it's new, that doesn't explain the condescending attitude no, she has. It's definitely a repair. <laughs> it's it's a hundred percent. Okay, so so that makes sense. Maybe uh, it wasn't next to to new ones. It was, you know, hey, we just fixed this. We brought it out from the back. Here you go. Here's your old one. Smack her around like a little bit. Although it has had a memory refresh. Oh, from the good. Sounds of it. So she shouldn't have a condescending attitude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. 
But yeah, um, um, this so, yeah. this is the chapter where you very much know exactly where it's going to go with the father, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, let's get this started. Um, I didn't really have many surprises from her side of the story until quite a ways down the road. I mean, did you guys pick up mm-hmm. on it? Uh, yeah, after the first, maybe maybe a couple of chapters on, yes, for sure. Okay. Well, you know what? Why are we dancing around it? We're 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 past the spoiler gate. Okay. okay. So when exactly did you find out or or figure out that she was an an android? Um, the morning after we slept in a car, and realized <laughs> at that point she still wasn't hungry because if anyone knows a child. You know that they wake up and they're immediately like, "I need food, like right now, feed me." And then, absolutely, as, as that day progresses, she still doesn't eat, and you are given opportunities to give her food, and she still doesn't eat. I'm like, she's an android. Well, well, I mean, mm. but that could also have been like, like I was cagey. I'm like, well, ha, I was cagey. Um, mm. I was kind of iffy on it because, well, that could just be bad writing, or no. that could be a sign. But yeah, yeah, like, like as soon as you're done in the car and all that nonsense, I was like, oh. I By got the it. time you see Zlatko, Zlatko refers to Alice as it several times and says. Let me figure out what I can do with it when referring to Alice. I've, oh, I've so I didn't pick up on that really one. really overt. I mean, over. Huh. Okay, well, you're the best what, detective. What I picked up on was, was Lufa saying a million times, I've got oh, something, something to tell oh you, and you dismissing oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> By that point, if you don't know she's an android, you're like, oh my god, Luther, why did look, you just tell look, me? Look, Luther, in all those words, you could have just said, she's a robot. Like 15 times by now. You didn't have to. Um, I want to talk about that because that, I think, is really important to how I feel about the story of Kara. So, again, we'll talk about that. Okay. So, after Kara gets set up in her new palatial mansions, then we have Fuckboy Chapter 2, which is the... <laughs> I really didn't pick up this. I did not get this vibe at really? all. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. You didn't. didn't get the whole... Did you not see the toys in his bedroom? <laughs> I just didn't... I didn't. I did the not. giant honking dildo, Craig. Didn't no. you see? <laughs> like I did not. I didn't get this at all. Oh, hell. When, when after you get him out of the chair. So I should say, Marcus is kind of like a um, what's it called when a you're, you're re- recovering at home? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a, a healthcare, maybe a um a hospice yeah. robot. Um. Mm. And so, you know, you help him get out of bed, and then he's like, but honey, I don't want to leave bed today. And you're like, oh, you. And you help him get out of bed, and you see you have important things to do. And then you go downstairs, and you sexually tinkle on the piano. It's it's all very, very romantic. Um, there, was, there was something weird about the way he was sort of going around, cleaning up after him, and sort of like... You know, put, putting out his favorite food, and he he knew a lot of intimate details just, about. So about I'm the not artist. the only one that got that vibe. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, Craig, you, you missed this one, Mister Detective. Um, <laughs> I just think you're wrong. <laughs> well, no, like like it's very much not what they were going for, but it could be very much read as that. Oh, um, so yeah, and, and it's at this point where you get introduced to. Uh, Lance Henriksen being an artist and mm-hmm. you go out to the studio and there's some paintings and yep. he tries to get you to paint. Yeah. And I 
I I love this bit. I love. Sorry, no, you're describing it. Sorry, I was just gonna say I love this bit. No, go right ahead. Go right ahead. The the bit I love about this is when you're you he gets you to paint and you paint a perfect replica. I picked the table beside me, a perfect replica. And Mm. Lance Henriksen's like, close your eyes and paint something in your mind. And you pick a couple of like phrases, whatever you paint. I painted a really brooding version of myself in dark reddy orange mm. anger and Lance Hendrickson went oh my god and at that point I thought right Lance is obviously a creative type he's he's just seen that I've done something and I've imagined something so I thought it was a really good cue to how the rest of the story was going to go on and then twat face busts through the door oh no boy, hold on uh, Mike I don't know what you draw I drew Lance Hendrickson in lingerie <laughs> Like when he said, close your eyes, <laughs> I, I ended up drawing that. Mine, I think mine was supposed to be some sort of imagery around slavery with hot, um, a man holding his arm up, holding chains, but not a think on it. It could be some sort of bomb. It, it could be. Esque. Memoirs of last night. We <laughs> don't know. I'm not um, sure. I'm not sure we played the same game. <laughs> we played the David Cage but edition. You know, Craig... Craig is right. It's, it's quite. I thought this was one of the one of the first quite effective. Oh, really? Bits where I felt a bit of a connection mm-hmm. to the game, even <laughs> as sinister as it is. <laughs> you know, knowing that he's he's given, you know, the the fact that it, you'd think it'd be in a minority the amount of people who are given the. He, he's a, he's essentially given like a get out of jail mm-hmm. card, isn't he? From 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 the off, so he can, within reason, sort of do what he wants. <laughs> They're sort of like it's. Oh God, it's going wrong. It's going dark again. But you, you know what I mean. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's it's a it's a completely different. You'd never expect that sort of lifestyle for an android, would you, to be given the freedom to do what well, you want within? I mean, I mean, it, uh, again, I'm not diminishing if this is this guy's hit you guys emotionally or anything. It was just the moment he said, "Try to paint something." I'm like, "Oh, I know where this is going." You know, I'm going to paint mm. something and it's going to be, oh, you have emotions. So, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of know. And then Twat Face comes in. You're yeah. right, Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twat Face is Leo, otherwise known as the Hollywood Why Didn't You Love Me Dad son. Yep. Um, turns out he's really into crack and does not approve of his father's homosexual relationship with a robot. It's, um, Right now, the way okay. the way this plays as kind of a escalation of dad, I need some money, and he's like, "No, you're just gonna smoke it away." Speak to my lover, and then the lover says, "Hey, back off." Um, nothing much really happens other than this is kind of a portent of what's going to happen later on. It's it's just here to say Leo is dangerous and unpredictable, and wants money. Is basically all it's there for. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I'm just gonna get that money. Yeah, see, if he's lucky. He's, he's gonna get the money. Uh, next, we have we have Connor. We have in Connor. The chapter yeah. partners. Partners. So partners is when we first meet Hank, and this is like honestly, as far as first impressions go with Hank and Connor. Connor coming into the bar and just saying, "I'm glad I found you. I tried four other bars first. <laughs> I'm lucky I found you." I just thought that was it's genius. It's a genius, genius yeah, way. Yeah. And then from there, you start, you immediately start deciding how you're going to play Connor with Hank because you can go the "I'm a robot" or you can do the 
I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna try and be your friend so you can buy him another drink. I'll buy you a drink for the road, and then get going. Um, so yeah, that the this chapter starts off well. Eventually, you end up at a crime scene, so it starts well, to introduce. Uh, well, oh, sorry. Hold sorry, on a minute. What? Sorry. No, I was gonna say like like uh, with all three of the introductions so far, I think have you have an instinct to play this like a video game. I'm like, okay, what does the person want to hear? Because that'll get me the most bonus points or whatever. Uh, Hank is the hardest one to read. Yeah. Especially on this first meeting, you're like, ooh, does he want a robot? Does he want a friend? He doesn't seem like he would appreciate a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I appreciated the fact that, that not everybody was as cut and dry as like, that's an abusive dad. That's a painter. Uh-huh. With Hank, you're like, I, uh, what do you want? Yeah. Kind of thing. So I appreciated he, that. He, he was a very complex person to read to start. You know, like, gruff. Like, to, to be honest, the most complex thing about him to start with is that you can't find his face until you've looked at every other face <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> uh, it's good. Anyway, you, so you end up at a crime scene. It's a crime scene where an android is clearly... Oh, so the point is, Connor is an android that's assigned to be Hank's partner to investigate everything androidy because deviants are on the rise and blah. So an android has murdered his owner, you have to turn up, it introduces you to things like investigating the crime scene where you have to basically walk about and analyse particular parts. So you'll hold down a button and have to look at 10 things and then figure out quite easily what happened because there's a timeline and you just have to look about and figure out oh yeah that guy stabbed him and then he moved over there and fell over and blah blah bloop and I just think it's a really it's a really neat wee chapter again it just I, I just I wish the whole game was Connor and Hank doing crime like Connor and Hank do L.A. Noir. yeah I was gonna say you can really draw some serious vibes to L.A. Noir. mm-hmm and again, I mean, we've stated this before a bunch of times, but yeah, this this would have been a great as a game, even mm-hmm. if it was a game just the length of Connor's chapters. Yeah, I think yeah. it would have been a pretty good game. Easy, um, yeah. Uh, in the end, you find the android. You can call it in and say, "Oh, you know, I've found the android." Or you can do this. There's a, there's everyone has a gauge how much Hank likes you, how much Hank doesn't like you. Also for Connor how much of a software instability, in inverted commas, um, how, how likely are you to have the option to become a deviant? So you could let this android go, you can remain silent, and your software gets slightly twiddled. And over the What did you of, guys do? Oh, I called it in. I was like, he's up here. Same here. Yeah, me too. Yep, yeah. yep all three of us. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, nice to know none of us are deviant yet. Yet. Because you don't know. <laughs> it's too early on. Well, no, not to mention, you know, you did kill someone. You probably should. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he killed someone, and I think you're more about earning Hank's trust than you are. You're you're early on in your deviancy, if you're going down that route. Hmm. Unless you're Lance Hendrickson, and then you're far down that route. Fucking hell. I don't think they were lovers. But it is quite cool that you get three different... I mean, I I know we've had three different characters and stuff all, all in the past games and stuff like that, but... But sort of distinct characters. It's it's pretty cool that you what initially for me I wanted to stay, you know, keeping Connor as a goody two shoes pretty much all the time. Yet with the other two, it was a bit more sort of 
ambiguous of, of what I was going to choose. I don't know. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty mad. I think a lot of people are going to choose Connor and just go straight in as a, a straight straight talking robot. Well, cop. I mean, I I, it's, I think it's mainly because well, mm-hmm. with with Marcus, your responsibility ends very quickly, yeah. and with Kara, you bring your responsibility with you. But with Connor, you have a job, and yeah. so you don't want to be you know yeah. terrible at your job. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's weird how it sort of shadows in that, like, you'll play two of them completely different and then play another one almost as, like, a, a, a separate life. It almost makes him feel like the deviant of the story in a way. That he's, like... Oh, know, oh yeah, especially when you start reporting back. He's got to conform mm-hmm. to your sort of choices that you make making other characters. Cause you, n- you never know where, how they're going to merge yeah. together when they meet anyway. But, uh, so, apologies, apologies. For what? Did you fart? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's no problem, man. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it ride. So after that, we're on to Stormy Night. Yeah, so the Stormy Night. This is this is the point where I think the game takes a bit of a darker tone to a degree. I've heard a lot of people, a lot of people online think this is a really weak part of the game. And it's, it is quite sort of transparent. It's a lot about sort of um, really getting to the root of the the mess in the house, apart from the fact that they couldn't get the android to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just a lot of tiptoeing around, speaking speaking to Alice when you get the opportunity, seeing a you know, kind of feeling a bit tense about the house. But yeah, it all basically culminates in a point where. You witness like uh, over dinner. It's quite quite it feels quite limited. So you sort of feel like the android in the scene. But but yeah, yeah so he 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 hits Alice if mm-hmm. I remember right. Gives her a nice walk and basically chases her up the. Yeah he, yeah he he sort of tells you to stay still. He gives you all these commands and you're sort of thinking, what do what do I do from here? And this is your opportunity to decide whether you're going to break out and, and try and do something or or just play the part. And obviously, for me, it was a case of breaking out and chasing Alice up the stairs. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Has, did anyone actually choose any other no. options at this point? No, no, I think it was all the same yeah, for all I, three of us. It's probably... I'm going to guess it all funnels. Otherwise, this is the end of the game. In fact, this is probably the first point that you can just lose Kara well, for good. I think that's the, the thing. When you get to the quick time events, even if you put the controller down and don't do anything, it's so forgiving and it mm. tries to keep you going on that same route that um, I don't think you can fail this. I think... Well, here, here's... Um, I mean, I, I think this is more forgiving than most of the other... QTEs, because uh, this is the first time you've really gotten a taste for, oh, this is what the gameplay mm-hmm. is going to be. Because up until this point, it's almost just been dialogue. I mean, I think there was one or two small QTEs, but nothing like sustained to where you're doing it like this. So it makes sense for them to have this be the most forgiving QTE section in the game. Yeah, and you, you do, you find out, you find out about how the you know your your previous version of yourself was yeah. was beaten up by him about a little into his history that you don't really figure out too much probably to keep keep Alice a bit of a secret for the story um and yeah yeah you decide to decide to make a move 
getting a bit of a, a ruckus. And, uh, yeah, apart from that, it was just a case of, for me, run straight down, get out the door, take Alice with me and jump on a bus. And then it was all over. Um, but where where they were going to go to next, I had no well, clue. That's funny you should say that, because somewhere around town, there's a fuckboy and his artist. Oh my god. And uh, you're gonna, gonna walk around the house, piddle around a little, maybe pour a little whiskey for your boy. And you're all like, well, you know what? I really want to see that studio again. So Marcus and Lance Henriksen, who doesn't have a name other than Lance Henriksen, I assure you, go into the the studio, I guess, garage, studio, Atelier. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're, they're puttering about going, what do you want to do tonight, honey? I don't know. We could lie in and Netflix. And he was like, great. I'll make some popcorn. Mm-hmm. Where <gasps> In pops Leo. And by golly, Leo is belligerent. Um... I'm kind of pushing this forward really fast, but to, to break it down, what happens is Leo comes in, and he's all like, you loved him more than you love mom, and Lance Henriksen was like, why I never, and his monocle falls off, and um, he starts to shove Lance Henriksen around a little bit and be like, give me some money, I need some money, and you have a the important choice for Marcus, which is, do you step in, or do you not? Uh, I, of course, stepped in and gave Leo the shove, and he million-dollar babied. Yay, that. Yeah. Um, and I see... I didn't expect that. Oh, I oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, I pushed Leo into, oops, I killed him. Uh, that's a very big jump from two words to, oops, he's dead. Um, I, I, did, I actually thought he was dead for most of the game. I thought that's why Lance Henriksen went, you know, grief-stricken. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh-oh, I've killed Leo. Uh, turns out he's not dead. No. They very what? they very much play it like he's dead. They play. I think. What do you mean he's not dead? He's not dead. He doesn't die here. When when does he reappear? Uh, later on in the game, when you go back and you talk to Lance Henriksen, he mentions oh. Leo, and you're like, oh, oh, sh- I didn't realize. I thought he was dead. Yeah. See, it's like, oh, well, then what was the big deal? You know, just yeah. I think the big deal was God. the police were on their way, and the situation with everything else going on, they would have shot Marcus. No matter. Well, they, they could have just said he fell. Yeah, well, yeah. It wasn't exactly I, in a talking. Leo kind wasn't going to say that though, because Leo, if you play it the other way and you don't shove Leo, oh yeah, you know Lance Hendrickson has a heart attack and and actually dies. Um, Does he? I didn't think he actually died. Yeah, because you pick up a magazine later and it's like Death of a Painter. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I, I didn't take that route, but I thought I read that he does yeah, yeah. not die. You still visit him later on. No, he okay. Which is... Oh, this is it, ridiculous. Take it all back. I thought I thought that he killed... I thought that was his driving point to the story, that he was already a murderer or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> he is not dead. He's not. Oh, God. I would have gone for a pacifist lifestyle if I'd known this. Oh, um... Oh, well, I mean, you know, one bad thing doesn't exactly lead to a, a string of murders, Mike. Mm. <laughs> no, I didn't. I know. Um, it does for me. But yeah, so so basically this is Lance Henriksen saying, look, I'll take care of this. You have to get out of here. Especially since he already saw that you have some kind of sentience. You know, he's more willing to say, that's all right. Break my son's neck. It's fine. Get out of here, you little scamp. And then he smacked him on the tush. And uh, Marcus goes running out of the door. Uh, that, of course, leads us into our next chapter. Does it? Yeah. All right, okay, yeah, that's the interrogation then. <laughs> so, uh, Hank, it opens, Hank is trying to interrogate the android that we captured. 
Um, it makes me kind of think that even if you try and let the android go, you still capture him. I think it's one of these ones where you still have to end up in this scene of interrogation. Yeah, um, it's more a personal choice, not yeah. a story flow choice. So you end up interrogating that android. I'm going to be actually quick here because you go through a series of choices, whether you calm or reassure. There's the, the android has a stress meter. If it gets to 100%, it smacks its head off the window and dies. You need to get it in a sweet spot and then it'll spill its guts uh normal gaming style interrogation here uh, yeah good cop bad cop same person exactly cop. yeah same person cop uh job done you interrogate it and it gives you uh what does it give you in this one does it give you the the jericho hint no it doesn't give you the jericho hint in this one it does it gives you the jericho hint in this one so when you captured them uh, as he walks out the room, he says, the truth is inside. And you're like, what does that mean? But later on, it makes sense. So we'll pick that up in a later chapter. But it's generally, it, this is just an interrogation. Hank is impressed that you interrogated the thing and job done. Indeed. Hmm. So yeah, uh, rolling over to Cara again. She uh, she gets off, oh no, she gets kicked off the bus. I remember right at mm-hmm. the end of the line mm-hmm. with Alice, and they basically start roaming the street, thinking, "Well, what do we do now? How do we, how do we go about this? Do do we find somewhere to sleep for the night?" Um, <laughs> if you if you were lucky enough to be on my gameplay session, you're going to sleep in a car, <laughs> but you know um, that's that's just the look of the draw. But yeah, you you bump into someone at a bus stop who tells you about uh, a, a sanctuary. And you suddenly, but they say it's the other side of town. You've got no money. You've got no real way of getting there. So yeah, for me, how how this worked out was we basically went to a shop, um, played a bit of played a bit of fruitless sort of robbery, which didn't really work out well. Um, Wait, ended up getting the kicked s- out of the shop. Robbery in the store or the laundromat? Sorry, okay, you no in the in the in the convenience store. I didn't know there was laundromat. Oh yeah, yeah. You can so steal the, some clothes. Yeah, we, so so we went in. We t- we tried to steal some some things from the from the shop. We got caught, uh, got kicked out, and then I sort of thought, well, what what am I going to do from here? I found a gate, pushed it open, smashed a car window, and, and spent the night sleeping in a in a car. And this is this is a good point because this is the point I should have realised that Alice was was okay after all because she was quite happy sleeping in a damp car for the night and sort of. Pretty sure there were 5,000 yeah. millipedes in that car, too. And no little yeah, girl is happy right. around 5,000 millipedes. Well, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure I took the shortest possible route through this. So there must be. A, yeah, a I, I, I dicked around a little options. bit with like the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, should I steal from them? I'm like, nah, you don't want don't to be an actual criminal. So just, yeah, I, I did the car as well. Yeah, I slept in the mm. abandoned house with the creepy man. Which is terrifying. Oh, oh God. It's just a... Was that the artist? Uh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. It's a it's a deformed and mentally unstable android who in the morning thinks you're a family and tries to force Alice to eat a dead rat and it all goes to pot. Oh. Eventually well, better than millipedes. Yeah. Eventually Connor and that find you and you have to do a proper runner from them. So there's a chase scene between Kara and and Connor, and it fl- it's really interesting. It f- you're Cara, and you run and turn right, and then you're Connor, 
and you have to follow the same route through. And so you're, you know, in a gaming way where you're trying to make everyone win, but you're, you're trying to chase yourself type thing. Well, yeah. Mm. You know what that actually reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, is Indigo Prophecy in the beginning where you're trying to hide a body, mm-hmm. but you're also playing as a cop trying, trying to, find to find the body. The body. Yeah. And you're like, well, which one do I want to win? It's, it's really cool. Yeah. All right. That leads us to From the Dead. So Marcus was very happy to be patted on the ass by Lance Henderson, and the police still arrived. And... They mistook poor Marcus as the aggressor, even though I don't know how they could, but those baby eyes. And he ends up getting jumped. Let's use some Blade Runner terms here. Uh, Connor, Connor, Connor has nothing to do with this. Marcus wakes up and he's in a junkyard and he's missing his legs and he's missing an eye and his, his heart pump is going to give out soon. So you end up doing a very Sean Connery in the untouchable scene where you're crawling, trying to find different parts. Sean Connery didn't find any parts. He died. But, um... Marcus makes it through the junkyard, and uh, this was the choice we were actually referring to earlier, where you come across a lady android, and she's like, please don't pull out my heart, and Marcus is like, well, I have to do what the player says, and so you have to decide, does he pull out the pump, does he not? We all didn't, right? Oh, I didn't, I didn't at all. Couldn't. I did. did. (laughs) Ah, good man, good man. Um, I don't Mm. think there's any consequence, again, I think this is just a... No. Yeah. Um, there, after you find different parts for yourself, I'm sorry we're breezing through this, but we're starting to run a little long. Um, mm. Once you breeze through this, you find a coat just conspicuously there. That, and you decide, of all by the golly, there's a coat. <laughs> and he, he doesn't even look back. He just slow-mo pulls it off a pole. And you're like, oh, did you have to? Because I always find coats when I'm in a metal junkyard. Mm-hmm. Especially cool duster jackets. Uh, They're very common. So, yeah, this is very much the beginning of the independent life for Marcus. Hi, guys. uh, Dave here. While recording this, we kind of saw how slow we were moving through these chapters, mainly because Craig won't stop talking. (laughs) Um, So we decided this might be our first third partner. Uh, So... um, Right now, we're going to cut this off at the chapter called Jericho, and then we'll pick it up in the third part. Sorry if you were hoping we would get this all done in one shot. You probably should have known better. Anyway, back to the show. Dave, Dave, you messaged yeah. a few days ago saying, what will we do if we don't get I know. enough? I know. Well, I didn't think we would get this in depth, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but enough. now that we are this in depth, it's quite I'm interesting. Fine I'm, quite in, I'm quite enjoying this. I don't know what's going to happen to Lance Henriksen and his fuckboy. Oh, I don't fuck know. Sake, I didn't get. I did not. Read I don't that. understand that. I just didn't get that. Like, it's not true. Is well, it? Uh, what about the other couple? I mean, the next chapter is called "Waiting for Hank." Oh, waiting for Hank. <laughs> waiting for <laughs> it's Hank. Better than coming to Hank. <laughs> so, waiting for Hank. Am, are actually, am I going into waiting for Hank right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just give it a second, and then clean. Go into it. A raindrop shot in the dark But I've got a lot of secrets to file In a thriving pile of what is breaking my heart And when he comes... Okay. 
Ah, glad you bring that up, Mike. Waiting for Hank is actually the next chapter. Um, it, act- it opens, you're not even waiting for Hank, so it opens and you're in a beautiful Japanese Zen garden. This Zen garden is actually like a a server in Cyberlife's compound somewhere, so you- mentally Connor is inside this Zen garden server alongside Amanda, who is his um, Cyberlife handler, who's also inside this digital space. It's a beautiful, as you would imagine, it's like the Matrix. Essentially, this is the mini Matrix if it was a garden. It's a very that nice is, place. I, I wouldn't mind visiting. Nice um, and Amanda's there periodically just to remind Connor that he's on a mission to find deviants. She always picks a flaw, much like a good mother. She always picks a flaw with no matter what decision you make. Are you being too sensitive, Connor? Are you not doing your job? Are you not quick enough, Connor? And Connor is always like, no, don't worry, Amanda, I've got this. I just need more time. Blah, 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 bloop. Um, Q waiting for Hank. Literally, this entire chapter is waiting for Hank. You arrive at the police station after meeting Amanda. You go to his desk. You poke about his desk, looking at his photos and his baseball cap and his... Snooping, snooping, basically. Checking the dog hairs on his chair. Yep, the dog hairs on his chair, the old coffee. <laughs> um, and then you get called, you know, like, Hobbs, Shaw, Hank, Connor, get him out of my office now! Uh, stereotypical cop style. You chewed out a wee bit, and then you have a conversation with Hank. And and that's the entire thing. And I think this is one of the making or making or breaking of your relationship with Hank points because you can immediately go in for the kill and be like, I'm just an android. I don't want to be friends with you. Or you can be like, hey, you've got a dog. I can tell by the hair. Oh, yep. I see you're, you're really good at this. Oh, you like this baseball team. Um, It's a cool... What music, what music do you like? Yeah, like you, and, and he's like... You listen to death metal and you're like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to. It's 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 a nice wee chapter. It sounds like Christian Bale or something in American Psycho. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a it's a funky funky style. I could really groove to this music mm-hmm. if I. <laughs> if only it was Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah like like God, no, 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 God, no, like, go go go. Oh, I was gonna say th- this is like you get hints of it in the previous chapters, but this really is the okay. I can dig this odd mm-hmm. couple going forward. Like this is where it- it's nice because Hank isn't immediately well. We're partners. Let's work yeah. together and be friends, old chum. It's it's very much you having to wear down somebody's prejudices. Yeah. I find it quite cute at points, especially if you open Connor talking to Hank saying, and you're something like, well, we're going to be partners now, so let's get to know each other. <laughs> Just like, that's so good. So, so Cara on the run. Um, this was quite a forgettable, relatively quick chapter, if I remember right, in which you basically, from, from the point of, uh, in my case, staying the night in a car, we we got out there, found out that the cops had started rooting around to see what had happened in the aftermath of our failed attempts at robbery. Um, and if I remember right, I think Connor was... Yeah, Connor and Hank turn up. Yeah, you've yeah just... investigating too. Bef- and, 
And um, yeah, so we, we basically started getting ready, cut our hair, got all... In fact, I think the hair was already cut, but yeah, I, I, I dyed it to look like you know, Heather off Silent Hill 3. I don't know what I was thinking, but it stuck with me for the rest of the game. So my mistake. You were th- but um you were thinking you need Silent Hill part you've just, two. Silent Hill part three, three. Part two. Yeah, yes. Oh what's that? You've reminded me of something I forgot about the last chapter, if it's okay to rewind slightly. Sure. Um you you wake up and you see Connor and Hank, you know, like mulling about and and it starts, you know, the stories all are going to start knitting together at some point. And the waiting for Hank chapter, when you walk into the police station, Alice's dad is walking out of the police station, obviously after filing oh. some sort of report. Oh yeah. And if you you can scan in inverted commas, you can scan all files on the computer. But if you manually read them, you find North's file from the Marcus path of the story oh really and, yeah and you can read about how mm-hmm. she went missing from the you know like the sex place she was working in and all this so it it's the first bit where all three stories interconnect in a triangle yeah. which is everything's triangles so it's, it's not as filler as it seems it's, no there's a bit of stuff going on yeah. cool cool but yeah, yeah so, but it still doesn't help it still doesn't help them find Kara, who yeah. quite happily just walks down a few streets and then disappears. Because yeah. all this is really is cops are looking out for you. Um, it's quite a sort of one directional mm-hmm. thing. You just go, well, his rating's going to go up to 100. I'm yeah. going to get caught. So I take a right here, I take a left here, I cross the road. You see that? Yeah, it's not very too much, much baby's first stealth. You see that? Yeah, yes. But if um, you did not sleep in the car, if you slept anywhere else, they're on to you instantly. Oh. It's a chase scene. You end up as Kara ah. running across the highway or the motorway or whatever the hell it's called, dodging cars and stuff like that. It's actually quite action-packed wow. chase. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so so it's anywhere else you spend the night? Yeah. The, like the, even the hotel? Well, the hotel, I can see that for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the um, the other place, they, they find you immediately. Uh, because you could scratch yourself going in the bit where the car is in the corner you can crawl through the fence and you leave some blood on the fence so Connor immediately finds ah. you um, and it's gotcha. chase okay. so you guys just picked the the best place to sleep yeah <laughs> Millipede <laughs> Central mm-hmm. but yeah so this all just culminates in, in getting a train out of there That's that's all there is to it and the thing is, you're not even really sure where she's going to be heading to next anyway. So then it, it leaves you at this point thinking, well, Kara's story's a bit boring so far. I don't know. This It's got a few little bits of tenseness. But other than that, it's it sticks a bit sticks out a bit like a sore thumb for me. But yeah. Well, yeah, because she hasn't heard about Jericho yet, right? No. No. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. No, it's Rose that uh, tells her about of- Jericho. Is it Rose? Okay. Yeah, it's that so Speaking good timing, eh? of the biblical city of Jericho, uh, when we pick up as Marcus, we remember that, oh, hey, while we were in the junkyard murdering androids for our own little parts, um, somebody mentioned Jericho, and it's where we can be free. So Jericho, Jericho's all like, where's Marcus? Marcus is all like, well, I got to find this Jericho. 
So uh, you're in the train station and you notice some conspicuous graffiti that no cop has ever decided to look at I don't a know. little closer. It's like, it's like, why is that pattern everywhere? <laughs> only an android can follow squares. Oh, if only we knew where their hideout was. Um, Almost as mystifying as QR codes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is, this is basically... Uh, take a walk through the city while you're following these very predetermined paths. You do a little jump in, you do a little run in, uh, and you basically end up finding Jericho, which is a old rusted out junker ship. I don't understand why it's still there. My, my, I've got a theory. I've got a theory. Ooh, okay. I think, I think, what's his face? Kamsky. I think he's funding the whole thing. Think so, huh? Yeah, I think he's the mystery. The mystery. He he owns the junker, not the junker. God, he owns the tanker, um, and he is just slyly funding everything. It could be. I mean, that's a pretty good theory. But uh, so so Marcus is all like, "Well, let's go check that out." He uh, crawls through a bunch of Resident Evil Revelations places, and then he finally meets a bunch of androids that are sort of like him, except not near as handsome. Uh, this is where you you meet up with your other big Marcus protagonist, and that is North, who will become your girlfriend, by golly, or your game will end. Honestly, uh, you... I don't know why they push it, because she's a dick. Like, Marcus and North she's... have completely separate ideologies if you play Marcus the pacifist way, yet somehow they still manage to smash Even if parts. you're sort of violent, she's just an unpleasant person. Yeah. I don't get it. And Josh, poor Josh. Josh supports you if you're a pacifist right the way through the whole thing. And then at the end of the game, he says, I know we don't always see eye to eye. And at that point, I vocally said, Josh, we have always seen eye to eye. Yeah, so you meet Simon, Josh, and North. Um, most of which, other than North, kind of fall by the wayside for me. Uh, they felt almost like your advisors in Dragon Age Inquisition. You're like, yeah, you said something, but I don't care. Uh, yeah, I, I generally. Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. I, you're right. North is completing our um, activist mental nutcase. Josh is a pacifist, and Simon is like in the middle. Like literally, the three of them are just like, fuck. Can we don't get an average here? No. Yeah. Yeah. And and pretty much everybody else is just I don't know what those three say. Mm-hmm. Um. You can also meet what's her name that can heal you up of uh, the rest of any of the damage. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. The Oracle. Yeah, there you go. Because she didn't have a name. Emily. Um, Emma. Don't you make me look bad. I can't remember. She does have a name, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to guess she she healed Simon up then because I thought Simon was already a goner. I, I was, <laughs> that, was the, that was the big shocker for me, and it didn't really amount to much for the rest of the game. Yeah. But I was like, where's he come from? Is, oh, he, no. is he a doppelganger or something? No, or no, it's it, they're the same model. It isn't actually Simon mm. from the start. It's just this, nah, you know, okay. like you get your Randys or whatever the yeah. hell they're called. Teddies. Ah, right, right. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha, and gotcha. is this where they plan the raid? Or is that is the next chapter of the planning and then the raid as well? I think this is where they plan it, right? Yeah, I think they do. Okay, so... So here is where they decide, look, if we want to try to live in this place and make this more than just rats hiding in a wall, we need to, 
get some parts. We need to, to fix our people up when they get injured. So they decide the best thing to do is to raid a Cyberdyne facility. Yeah. Which, and that's where it honestly, ends. Honestly, I... And this is where we're ending this podcast, I know, but I, on an end. I was just about to say, and get prepared for part three yeah. of oh, the better Oh, podcast. look at you. Detroit. Because I was going to say, it felt like <laughs> this was the most accelerated part of the story because it felt like Marcus just got there and within five minutes mm. was like, we can't just be sitting about here doing nothing. <laughs> Have you seen him though? <laughs> Have you seen him? He's beautiful, Craig. I mean, if this man walked into my house and said, look, we need to set something on fire, I'd be like, radio chief, and then start setting things on fire. Uh, yeah, M- Marcus. Marcus's story, I think, from here on out, makes the least amount of sense. Mm-hmm. Like what they do makes sense. It's the timeline yeah. that doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, this is very much. A, oh, hey, we have another person. We should go raid stuff, mm-hmm. and then you're just off you go. Yeah. Um, At some point, and- when you when you suggest to go and um, duff in all the cyber life stalls, someone says we've never done that before. And they're like, no shit, you've been sitting in a boat for fuck knows how long. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do anything before. I came along. Yeah, yeah. Mar- it, it Marcus is, almost... is like a modern day Leroy Jenkins, isn't he? I, I, <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I mean, it is strange how, like, okay, if all these androids have gained sentience, and we take it for granted that they have, they all just thought this was the best plan. Like, nobody can see two weeks in the future when they might need something. Like, it's really strange how they're all kind of nothing, and then you show up and, well, they're suddenly, you know, revolutionaries. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can forgive that little bit of writing. So, it's not a huge deal. It's just, oh, that's a little funky. Um, and I will say, you know, like, looking at everybody's story, like, Connors is still very much in the beginning part of his same with Kara. Like Kara, like Mike said, you, you don't even quite know what's going to happen next. And but but Marcus has already r- really accelerated. And I I wonder if it has something to do with uh, financials or time. Because looking at the list of who has what chapter, Marcus has the least amount of mm-hmm. chapters too. Where arguably the most important stuff in the game happens. So I wonder why they gave him short shrift. Do you know why? Hmm. Because the actor was the most expensive, and that's a guess, but you never know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it look like it was planned this Anatomy. way anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have paid the most for Clancy Brown myself, but, you know, screw Grey's Anatomy, boy. <laughs> Give me more Mr. Krabs. Uh, yes, so uh, as, as we said before, this will be the first third parter. Uh, we're sorry to cut this one a little bit short, but uh, it's getting kind of late when we're recording and Craig has to go to sleep and Mike has to go to sleep and I have to not go to sleep. Uh, But anyway, so yes, please join us next part on part three where I can retake that line. Give me a second. Part three. (sighs) Sorry. I'm trying to rush it, but not rush it at the same time. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't rush it. Take your time, baby. Oh, can you call me Lance? I, I, Lancey. You really, I well, geez, I wanted a whole Lance and Marcus thing going on, but you're all like, oh. nope. Um, <laughs> I'm so not buying the- it. I'm, I'm not, I am not buying that. Like, to the point where I might replay it again tomorrow <laughs> when I come home from a walk, just to see what you're talking about. All right, Mike, back me up. It's not just me, right? It's, it's not. 
It's not. There's a lot of eye gazing going on, Craig. He returns to him at the end. Okay, you let him go, they'll that's, return. That's because he was like a dad to him, not a daddy in inverted commas, but like an actual He's dad. A daddy. He's definitely a daddy. <laughs> But remember, this is David Cage, Craig. We don't know what his intents were. Maybe he likes being called Dad in the sack and not Daddy. I think oh internal God. emails at Quantic Dream will back up any claims. <laughs> I'm like, I after we finish recording, I'm going to pack up my stuff. I'm going to go to bed, and just before I fall asleep, I'm going to be googling furiously. Oh, you're going to run into some fun art, I'm sure. <laughs> Carol, that's his name. Carol, I've just remembered his name. Oh, the Carl. one name, the one name that I can't pronounce. I was, Carol. Say, I was like, at first, I was like, who's Carol? I don't remember a Carol. <laughs> it's Carol. <laughs> anyway, all right, let me sign us off, then we'll get out of here. So uh, thank you for joining us. Sorry this does turn into a three-parter, but uh, join us next week when we will finish out the game and. Well, that's that. Uh, same goes as last episode. Uh, if you have any thoughts, and now you have an extra week to do it, I guess, you can hit us up at thebiteffect.com, and we have suggestive game forms. We have, you know, just contact forms. So even if you want to be like, hey, I want to hear these idiots go through Command & Conquer Red Alert 3. Yes. Sure. Yes. I, I love Tim Curry, and he says space. Really fun. Um, other than that, our next big games are Hitman 2016, and Super Punch-Out and Punch-Out on the Wii. That's going to be one episode. So if you have thoughts on either of them, uh, go ahead and get them in. We do read everything you people send us, even if we send you very nasty messages in return. Other than that, say goodnight, gentlemen. Goodnight, gentlemen. Sweet dreams, Carl. Coddle? Coddle. Coddle? All right. <laughs>